Hello and welcome. We are live. We're live on Facebook. We are live on YouTube. We're live on LinkedIn. This is the 90 Day Website Mastery Podcast. It's episode 18. We're going to be looking at your maximizing your website's potential. We're going to look at multi-services, future-proofing with AI, and essential website tools. We're celebrating the launch of our new program and the completion of our website best practice webinar series. We wanted to find a way to continue to share more advice and insights about making your website work harder for you and to feel proud about your website. Again, each episode will comprise of four segments. I'm here with my very good friend and co-host, Pascal Fintoni. How are you, Pascal? I'm very good. Thank you very much. And uh, it's been an interesting week for me. It's all been about websites. I've At this moment in time, and normally my kind of um, order book is very varied. You know, it's about speaking about SEO. It's about coaching, about video marketing. It's about looking at email marketing. But it's been all about websites. I'm currently working on two government websites, giving some, some support from that, two personal brand websites and one e-commerce website. And yesterday, as I shared in the green room, I had the pleasure of presenting the 90-day website mastery program to a support organization. Wonderful. It's yeah, it, I, we do like playing with websites, don't we? And and uh, and you know the the thought of being able to turn someone's website into something that's going to work harder for them and turn viewers and potential clients into real customers and clients. You know, I think it excites us. So um, we have four uh, segments in our episode every single time we do our episode and. Just to remind you, the first episode is You Ask, We Answer, where we take a question that's been submitted by the community and we uh, analyze and, and give you some answers. We talk about website stories in our second segment and we take um, one article or podcast or infographic that's sort of piqued us and we di uh, dissect that. And then we move on to the uh, website engine room where we talk about Pascal brings an app, I bring an app or perhaps a software solution that helps you as a website manager or a content creator make your life easier. And lastly, of course, we finish with the call to action. Every single piece of content should have a call to action. And of course, we give you a call to action as well. So something that you could implement, one small change or adjustment that you could be making to your website right now. So that's what we're going to step into. We'll do a reflect at the end. Thank you for joining us. If you're live with us right now, please do say hello in the comments on any of the platforms you're on. If you're listening or watching afterwards, thank you. Thanks for being here. And please don't forget if it helps, if it uh, if you enjoy any of this, please do subscribe, tell your friends, share it around. So I think without further ado, we should start with You Ask, We Answer. Thank you very much again, Johnny, for this great intro and summary. And can I just add very, very quickly that I do meet people say to me, oh, I love you know, the show that you do with Johnny. I say, yeah, but we don't know you do. So do leave those comments and likes and shares because it's very important. That's why that's how we know that you're keeping track of our progress. Now, today's question is interesting. Was uh, I got it to via WhatsApp from one of my clients, Johnny. And I can't wait to, to hear your reaction and thoughts on that. So the question, literally word for word, is as follows. My business has grown over the years and now have different services on offer. Do I need separate website for each one of them? Question mark. Well, 
Yes, age-old question. Uh, how many websites should I produce? I mean, over the years, I've seen businesses try all sorts of different tactics, and, and even from an SEO point of view, creating lots of websites. And then on the flip side, conflicting conversations. I was doing a podcast only two or three days ago um, with uh, someone who focuses very heavy on strategy. And, and if he even became aware of the conversation around multiple services he'd be like whoa bring it right in focus on the one that's the really profitable the really differential one but i think you know this all comes down to your organization what it is you're selling the types of services and more importantly your clients as well i remember uh talking about uh tesco the supermarket many many years ago and they had when i did my research on them we're talking like 10, 15 years ago, they had over 30 different domains. They had Tesco Pets, Tesco Insurance, Tesco Flowers, um, the Tesco main brand. They had um, the clothing brand, the Chewy brand. There was there was like 30 different websites they had. And I think they've heavily reduced that and brought, brought and, and really uh, uh, amalgamated. I think it comes down to if services complement each other, if they work together, if they are fit for this for a similar audience, then you should look at you know having them on the same site. However, at the same time, though, if you have a service that's quite different and perhaps serves a, a very different type of audience, perhaps deserves a very different look and feel and style, then that's when you should be considering uh, a separate site. And so, I'm not sure there's a a right and wrong answer. It's about just really thinking about who the users are, who the, the clients are, and, you know, why you, why you, why do you have all these services? Are, should you have all these services? And if the answer's definitely yes, then that's when to consider. But if the answer's no, that's the first question. Should I have all these services in the first place? So that's, that's just some off the top of my head thoughts straight away. No, it's great. It's very helpful because actually one consideration that I, I did miss initially was this idea of are you perhaps guilty of enjoying the process of creating products and services yeah. a lot more than marketing them? And listen, hey, been there, done that, you know, so I'm definitely not in a position to to throw the first stone here. Um, so this idea of your audience is in charge of your web presence, you know, so are the services that you've come up with being validated by the marketplace? Or is that actually the purpose of the website? You could use a website actually to validate. And um, some of you have done a lot, Johnny, with your clients using Google AdWords and advertising to, to hurry along the market research and market intelligence. But this idea of if you have the shared audience, as in the product and services, complement and supplement and make sense with the audience, it's probably a more comforting thought of everything under one roof. That may be the, the case. But if indeed, you know, each product and services has a different audience, we're talking about different occupations, different sectors, different life stages, and so on. Perhaps if you want to turn to one of our webinars with Johnny, we talk about the four archetypes going onto the website. You have the invest investigator, the interrogator, the um, relationship builder, and the dreamer. And we, we we use those as a trick of the mind to make sure that you've challenged the website content sufficiently. So you're absolutely right. You know, that kind of correlation and the appeal of diversity, or are we back to this idea of a visitor goes on a website, there are so many choose to, to um, so many options that they can't choose for themselves. So then is it the argument to have separate websites? So in my case, I launched a um, program uniquely for the film industry. Now, on the surface, it's the same service. It's the coaching, the mentoring, the training on digital marketing. It was so unique to the film 
uh, industry and their needs, but it felt that I had the business case for a separate website and have it under the filmmarketingacademy.com and not pascalfindudu.com. So the audience, actually, to your point, Johnny, will uh, tell you, but you're right, are we perhaps guilty of enjoying the process of creating product and services all of the time? Yeah, yeah, that's the danger, isn't it? You know, I, I remember analyzing my own services and I came up with over 30 services that I uh, supply and sell. And it was at that moment that I realized, hold on a minute, this is just way too many and, and it was time to streamline. So it's it's about, it's yeah, it's, it's, and I think we've got both good examples. You've just talked about the Film Academy and your own website. Likewise, I have my agency, Fleet Marketing, which has its, it has its website. I then have johnnyross.com, which is fractional CMO, between us, we have the 90-day uh, website mastery podcast. Uh, mm, that's right. So we we have separated the brands there and the services, and and but there's distinctive reasons, um, and they have different looks and feels, and they they all complement, but they are very different audiences. Um, so it's um, yeah, it's a, it, it it can be. A, there's no right. There's no yes or no, but it it deserves some proper thought. Yeah, and for me, you know, one of the deciding factor about splitting was also the uh, planning of the blog. And when I realized that the article was going to be so, so unique and relevant to that particular audience, um, that a business case was reinforced. So here's my promise uh, to all of you. I will come back to you with an update on what the client has decided to do. We'll use it as a case study with their permission. But for now, let's move on to our next segment, the website stories. Now, in this part of the show, Johnny and I choose a piece of content, an article, a podcast, a video, even an infographic, something that can help us reflect what it means to be a website manager in today's economy. We have an article from Forbes.com today, Johnny, written by John Hall, and the title is that follows, How to Future-Proof Your Content Strategy in the Age of AI. Now, John Hall is a speaker, writer, and founder of Calendar, a scheduling management app, and is also an advisor for growth marketing agency relevance. And we're getting a lot of those kind of um, reflective uh, articles at the moment and more about the impact on the AI across all sectors. I mean, even just two days ago on BBC Radio 2, they were talking about AI and the future of employment and what it's going to mean and AI plus education and so on. And, and what John was doing here is just sharing some of his own thoughts and, and um, position currently. And you'll see why I say this. And the article begins with the question, should content marketers be worried about AI? And then in the process, it goes through a number of insights, which has it has separated. So number one would be, um, the uh, step one would be to audit what you have. I'll come back to that. Step two would be to plan content for different stages. Number three, to identify your content's value. And number four, to focus on thoughts leadership. And then it gives his thought on future content strategy. But throughout those um, chapters, if you will, of, of the article, it does a very good job to kind of make the parallel between the um, human activity, shall we, shall we say, and the AI contribution. And what you will see from the article is that for now, the position is very much AI is there to assist and allow you to analyze where in your process you might be able to bring some uh, improvements or uh, add some speed and efficiencies. But certainly at no time is it suggesting that AI can replace you know, the, the skill set, the imagination, the inventiveness of the content creators themselves. And 
so from this point of view, when he says about you know audit what you have currently, two things you're going to probably discover in this case, you know, um, performance around SEO that needs you know improving and more. But really, from his from his point of view, right now the real value of AI is to help you with blog post outlines, to brainstorm topics, and to produce initial drafts. But then you take over as the creator. And the reason for that is um, he says, you know, if I have to go to number three because I don't want to steal the thunder of you guys reading the article. Um, he said, you know, really when it when it start, comes to AI, start with small changes. You know, analyze the elements within your workflow where AI can support it. But what you can do is do a wonderful test whereby you have uh, a brief given to one of your copywriters or yourself and the brief written to, to maybe chat gpt and then do a compare and contrast and what you'll find is very very often the article written by you know the individual is better than that of chat gpt and what i think john is trying to warn people uh, against is the assumption that because it's faster it's better and more importantly, which I see all the time with my customers, if you start as a human being, forgive me, Johnny, with a position that you're not a good copywriter, then, of course, it's not going to be particularly helpful for you to get the, to get the balance right. Uh, so the article continues like this, you know, and talks about the idea really is that if your content effort moves away from just the promotional stuff that anyone can write and talk about unique perspectives, observation, case studies, and anecdotes like we did a moment ago in a different segment, then you've been in a position to get the balance right. When it comes to future-proofing your content strategy with AI, its position is about learning to find the sweet spot for you between the AI and human written content, remembering that this is just the beginning and that the sweet spot could be moving over time. Well, I, I like the idea of it being a, a sweet spot because I very much believe that we should be embracing AI. I think if you're not, then there's a danger of being left behind. Uh, I think uh, there's a danger of not increasing productivity, not increasing value, not increasing um, strategy, being strategic even. So I think that I think it's all about it definitely embracing, but it is then about finding that sweet spot, focusing on quality over quantity, focusing on originality, uh, focusing on uh, different types of content. So it's not all suddenly, you know, just lots of chat gpt written content but you know it's a mixture of podcast video audio uh content and and maybe using ai to shape some of that and to to uh to help you with some structures or or, or parts and and it's just ensuring that you have the human element at all times so it's about you know whenever you're producing if you think about what google's after right now it's all about helpful and resourceful content and as a human making sure that you've got the the humanity in there but also reflecting on the content saying is this helpful is it helpful is it resourceful and as long as you're ticking those boxes and you think and you're thinking that you know your potential clients or customers would spend time listening or watching or reading this content then you're on the right track so it's 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 finding the balance and i think the future but the future proof of your content uh, in the age of ai starts with embracing it and and, and testing it and and i like you know the the, the inference uh, the, it was implicit but you can say this idea of if you think about ai from the position of you think you're a poor copywriter 
or that you're slow and being slow is is bad, then it's not a great entry point for, for AI, as opposed to we have a strong position and we're learning all the time and we're upskilling ourselves all the time. And where can AI support our development and evolution as an organization and content creators as an assistant, and as you know, I prefer the term digital assistant to AI. So we're going to see more and more of those articles, but thank you to John Hall for spending a moment to share his thoughts. Uh, and I'm sure they'll move on as ours will, as well as we become more and more uh, uh, you know, familiar with the sweet spot indeed. It's time for the website engine room. So in this part of the show, we give you one bit of software, one bit of kit that can help you be a more efficient content creator. So what is your selection, Johnny Ross? Well, um, SEO is my background, deeply rooted in it. Uh, it's very uh, SEO heavy this one this week. Uh, the website engine room for me this week is Neil Patel's Uber Suggest. It's a, uh, a well, there's different versions of the tool, but there is a free version of the tool. Uh, and it's all about keyword suggestions, backlink data, um, being able to uh, audit your website and, and lots of other things. And, you know, if any of you, well, first of all, if you don't know Neil Patel, you should absolutely go to neilpatel.com. Um, I wish I was on commission, but I'm not. Uh, although at the same time, I'm not suggesting spending money with him. His content is brilliant. His content is is really helpful, really resourceful, um, and lots of in-depth content. And he's been doing it for many, many years. But he's he's definitely got some great tools, and Uber Suggest is one of them. And it's a great resource for those looking to enhance their organic search presence, ultimately. Thank you very much, Johnny. And very nostalgic for me, but Uber Suggest was my very, very first SEO tool I used about 20 years ago. Um, and you know what, what is interesting about Neil Patel and his team? He's remained true to his uh, passion and specialism. I, I don't remember him deviating from this idea of helping people have better you know, website in terms of their performance, their traffic, and so on. So yeah, uh, I think it's a wonderful suggestion. So my suggestion today is in and around the making better use of praises and thank you messages and more that you get on social media. So I've got clients where they do, if someone says, you know, uh, send this nice message on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, they'll do a copy and paste or they do a screenshot and then it just stays there somewhere in a folder on Google Drive, never to be used again. And I said, well, that's a shame because this is like the kind of testimonials and third-party validation that you and I talk about a lot on, on the program. So I came across this platform that allows you to convert a, um, a message on social media. And in, in the hyperlink I shared today, I use Twitter as an example, whereby you could either copy and paste a link and you get an image that looks like a tweet but it's a lot clearer it's not neater it's a lot bigger and you can do a montage you can do a carousel on your website and more or you can type you know the text that you can see on the tweet you can upload the images and make it look really really nice and and i think website but of course this image this reproduction if you like of the tweet with the praise and the thank you messages and the compliments and so on can also be used for your power presentation can be used for your slide deck and and more but the comment is called pika p-i-k-a dot style and i put the hyperlink to the template for a tweet image but they have uh, all sorts they have instagram they have pinterest and so on and i think this idea of uh, never forgetting to repurpose purpose to praises and thank you messages and put them on your website is definitely one of the key actions for us. Yeah, it's like a, a sort of um, specialist Canva that is just mm. so easy and so quick 
to make a a, a social uh po- to make it to make an image that looks like you've just screenshotted a social post um with the correct content in it and and it's just so quick and easy um they um uh, well i the, i was just having a look at their website we'll put all the links in the uh, uh in the show notes but and the and the the where um the call to action that i'm about to give uh is a bit on black friday and it is black friday today and mm-hmm. and the first thing that i noticed was on the pika dot style uh website is they have a black friday deal so uh so if you if you're very interested and you need the paid version uh there's a black friday deal there but a uh, great little tool um and uh, think of it as a bit like a a really quick and easy canva for uh, for particularly making um images of social media captions very That's nice. a great comparison. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Time to move on to our final segment already, the website call to action. So this is about the one change or one small adjustment that you should be making on your website right now. Johnny, what is your call to action? So I sort of did insinuate Black Friday. Um, and for me, and I do a lot of work with e-commerce websites as well, um, but this can be used across uh, all types of websites, whether it's consumer or, or business. Exit pop-ups, exit pop-ups. So it's the uh, uh, it's the understanding the intent that a user is about to exit from a, uh, a web page. And it's about how can you capture catch them before they leave and and there's some really clever worded exit pop-ups that can be quite funny and quite um uh, you know some people find them intrusive some people find them you know they don't like them but at the end of the day if they're about to leave your website in some way what have you got to lose um and it is worth testing and trying and and, and obviously only if it's only if you think it's the right fit for your particular um brand and your particular audience but this is about uh for example, on desktop, and it does work on mobile as well, but for example, just to help you all understand, um, this is about uh, the uh, browser seeing that the mouse is going into the top area where you're about to switch tabs or or, or click the cross button. Um, and there are ways that it can work on mobile as well. And this is about capturing the user before they leave and saying, hold on, before you leave, there's this value or there's this offer, or are you sure you we can't help? Or are you sure you don't want to call back or whatever it might be? And I think the point here is testing it because we've tested this on many, many websites. And there's a particular website that we've put this on and it brings in 15% of their leads. The exit pop-up brings 15% of their inquiries. It's definitely worth testing. And I like the idea of uh, you asking us to be maybe a little adventurous and trying different you know, styles and tone of voice, be a bit witty, be humorous, maybe be more direct and so on. And testing, testing is important. And the thing about website, people sometimes fall into the trap of, you know, being right first time, all of the time. And that's not what happens because, you know, you need the audience interface, reaction, interaction to know and and kind of um, guide your, your, your kind of activities. So thanks for that. And I would agree, you know, the one that I've reacted uh, more warmly to are the one that it feels thought out and it feels mm-hmm. like somebody put the effort in as opposed to mechanically just uh, putting a plug in, doing the bare minimum, just putting their brand maybe and barely changing the copy. It's like you know most of the contactors forms you know on the website. You kind of go, you could have done a bit more than that. Yeah. It takes a quarter of an hour, if if that, to change the copy or add a photo of the team. Even just that makes a big difference. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It is about the copy. It's about, you know, something quirky, knowing that the user is leaving your website, knowing that that fact alone, knowing that fact and playing on it and, and thinking of the words. Pascal, what is your website call to action this week? So this is actually something that I gave as advice to one of my clients th this week. So we're going through the end of year review, looking at 2024, looking at, um, what would you say, the, the content calendar. And what was interesting for me was to see that they were very, very proud of some of their how-to articles. You, remember, you mentioned a moment ago about Google looking for helpful, insightful content. And if you're not sure, use Ubersuggest. So uh, firstly, if you don't have any articles starting with how to or what's that effect, then they must be part of your plan for next year. And if you're not sure what they should be, then use Uber Suggest and, and a few other platforms. So they end up being, so you've got this amazing article and, and you take people all the way through a level where it's clearer about what they need to do. But you can go a little further if you were to translate the how to advice into a checklist or a template or a free download of sort that would help them take action. Because I think that's really important. Once somebody is able to take action as opposed to just being better informed in terms of the relationship you're going to have with them in the future, in terms of the likelihood of them coming back and filling in the inquiry form and so on, we know that it's much, much greater. So my call to action is study the performance of your content, particularly the how-to types articles, and those who perform well, uh, edit up. I would say, you know, upgrade by adding a free download, which relates to taking action, the checklist, the template, uh, and more. Yeah, and in fact, I was uh, looking, I was doing an audit on a website uh, only yesterday, and the amount of content that is on there where they just don't get any organic visitors, there's very few page views, it's just, it's, it's time to either reignite some of that content or actually just get rid of it um so you even you, you need to make that decision on actually there's a really good performing piece here how can we make it even better uh, or perhaps there's something that you think should be performing but it's not and and how could you make it better or maybe you just have no traffic to it and it's just pulling you back in the grand scheme of Google. So I think uh, whether um, uh, building on what Pascal Pascal's said here, the, the advice really is to audit all your content to understand how many page views are you getting on different pieces and are you getting organic visitors? Uh, and, and that should be sending you some kind of strong signal in terms of what you should be doing about the content anyway. So yeah, I like that a lot. Well, we've covered some great things here, Pascal. Uh, we, we started with uh, multiple services and should we have separate websites? And I think what we've said is ensure that you're not just creating services for the sake of creating services. Streamline, be very focused, be very clear about what it is you sell. But if there is a compelling reason, to, whether it be a different tone of voice, different look, different feel, very niche, there are definitely good reasons to have separate websites but make sure you're doing it for the right reason, I think is the key thing there. We've talked about AI. We talked about how you can future-proof your content from an AI point of view. It's all about embracing, but it's about making sure that you bring that humanity to it. Test, try, uh, but it's all about quality as well. So it's far about quality over quantity. And we've given you some hopefully great um, uh, apps and suggestions and call to actions, uh, including the exit pop-ups, re-looking at your existing content. We've mentioned Neil Patel's Uber Suggest and the Pika dot style. All of these links will be in the show notes. Uh, but what a great episode. Uh, thank you very much, Pascal. 
You're very welcome. And you know what, what is interesting, and I want to go back actually to the website stories because the more I think about the article, the more I realize how powerful it is because it's back to this idea of for all of you viewers and listeners, I know that you'll have misgivings about your website, which is why Johnny and I launched a program, you know, for you to feel proud of it again. But you also will have some thoughts about your own skills and competency. And this idea of, well, this tool is, is faster. You know, it can produce a 2,000-word article in seconds. Therefore, it is better than me. And that don't think that's a very helpful start at all. Start with the position that you, you have a lot to offer already to your customers. You have a, a great deal of knowledge and passion, anecdotes and stories to share. We just need to find a way for the process to work harder for you. Absolutely. This has been episode 18, Pascal. Mm. It, and, and I'm afraid if you're watching and listening, that is it for today. It was episode 18 of our new podcast series, the audio companion to the 90 day website mastery program. For more information, please visit 90 day marketingmastery.com and you'll be able to book your discovery call with either myself or Pascal. We'll be back with another episode. In the meantime, feel free to send your questions, share your preferred apps and links to your website once you've made the changes we spoke about because we'd love to give you a shout out. But it's bye for now, everyone, and we'll leave you with a fun video and audio montage whilst you go through your notes and actions. See you all soon. Take care.